0: All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the NOLCast. As always, we will thank our sponsors. Three Simple Ingredients, one fantastic product. Whether it be just the traditional Louisiana hot sauce uh, or the spiffy Louisiana hot sauce processed or at least uh, aged, matured in a bourbon barrel, uh, can't go wrong. Fantastic. Cheap addition to any meal. Three Simple Ingredients, one fantastic sponsor and one great uh, title sponsor for us since it's 2016 now. Tarpensellers.com are the other great people that we tip our hat to when we start our show. And, Bud, we've got a lot of great, uh, fantastic conversation tonight. Got a new addition uh, to the staff that we're able to talk about here. See some other people out there in the college football landscape uh, adding to their staff aggressively in perhaps a manner that is reflective of the more uh, consistent level of competency that Florida State showed over the last eight to 10 months. Uh, and then we may even have. Some staff change, potentially to do with conference uh, personnel as well. So, a couple different things for us to jump around on this morning, and uh, from here, let's uh, let's let it ride.
1: Man, uh, so I got to tell you, like, I'm just back from convention, and other staffs are are like they know I went to Florida State. A lot of them listen to Cover Three, uh, and not a lot of other staffs listen to NoleCast, uh, but we actually we found this out. There are a couple guys. Who didn't even go to Florida State or play for Florida State? Who coach? Who are big time FSU fans, right? Like, I'm not gonna give any more hints than that because I, I don't want you know. Anyway, but like, they they'll DM us or, or hit us up in person. Be like, what do you think about this? This I'm like, don't you coach at like Pac-12 school? Like, yeah, man. But like, I just you know, I Florida State. Grew up in the early nineties. That, that, yeah. that was my jam. If you're uh, of the
0: age, uh, abs- <laughs> you either hate us or love us. Absolutely.
1: A lot more respect for that polo going around, man, for oh. sure. Uh, they're, they're noticing what the Knowles are doing in the transfer portal. And they're noticing, you know, just, I think some of the the top recruits that are, are, are taking a look. I know Al- Alex Atkins, uh, got a lot of praise people I talked to for ever you know, really getting in on Simmons like, before the Knowles started winning ballgames. Right. And so I think that really speaks to the relationship that he built there. Like that was the one kid that people were like, oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. that guy um, got some more positive feedback on Edwin Joseph from some some, some people who really liked him. So potentially uh, maybe a little bit of an underrated kid there. I mean, we have him pretty high anyway because he is his, you know, times are really good. But yeah, man. Um, what do you want to lead it off with? Probably probably Pats or Tan? Yeah, like I think us? the DB
0: coach uh, has been out there for a couple of days, but still is probably the most uh, pertinent thing that we can talk about. Um, really interesting hire. Uh, I know that uh, I know that they certainly looked at a lot of people and had a lot of people reach out to them. It's probably the first hire they've ever made where they had more inbound inquiries than uh, maybe they, they initially knew what to do with. So it's, uh, again, kind of reflective of where Florida State is right now and and what they're seeing from some parties uh, from abroad. Also, I think this was kind of a, um, you know, it didn't come as a surprise to any, well, people were able to look at this position uh, for a couple months now and wonder whether or not it was going to become open. And uh, ultimately it did. Uh, Pat Sertan, fantastic hire. I think some of the other names that were really strongly, legitimately considered, Uh, would have been good hires as well, but I don't know that they would have had quite the, uh, quite the South Florida recruiting chops uh, that Sertan has the ability to uh, potentially bring to you. And when you talk about NFL experience, when you talk about uh, head coach experience at one of the more influential powerhouses uh, of high school football in South Florida, you talk about working with the dolphins um, and then you talk about just his own particular, uh, you know, bona fides as far as what he was able to do as a player uh, this certainly seems to be a, a, a significant hire, and and a very good one,
1: uh, from that of what we can judge at this time. So, I think this is a most likely a good hire. It has potential to be like a absolute home run hire. Uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty just because, like, and I I, I know Pat a little bit. I, I, he's coached on you know South Ford Express for a long time. That was a you know, major seven on team down there. Still is uh down in south florida run by, by brett getz and you know chad wilson and you know a couple other guys all, also run that thing you know so i've seen him i've seen him certainly coach right and then he was head coach as you mentioned at heritage and, and won multiple state titles and he was this is his first year with the dolphins i believe but still like it's good to have some coaching at the pro level the dude played in the nfl for uh like, and played and started in the nfl for for a decade including with the dolphins so um Saw his son go through a you know major recruitment, obviously, signed with Bama, now in the NFL. I do think that he, you know, really is a lot of what you're looking for. The only thing we don't know, and I mean, you have to say this because if it doesn't work out, the reasons why would be like, not coached at the college level, hasn't spent that much time as a pure DB coach, right? If, we, if, we're, if we're being fair. And we don't know how well Pat will recruit. Now, here's the thing I think Pat will recruit well. He is not, I, unless he changes his personality, like he is not a real loud, rah rah, constantly on Twitter type of dude. You know, he's a little bit understated. There's a quiet confidence about him. I think that his name, you know, does a lot of the talking for him. And I do think he connects with kids pretty well. I, that that's a good recipe to have, I think. I think he's a guy who will command respect. I can't guarantee it's a home run hire because I haven't seen him recruit. And recruiting really, like, in the last 18 months has totally changed in terms mm-hmm. of, of how, how things are done. But you still do need to have those relationships and you need to have a name that the kids down there are going to respect and listen to. So I... Are there guys that I would have wanted within the existing structure, meaning like if you're going to keep Fuller and you're going to keep Randy Shannon, I think it's a gamble to do so. And we'll talk about this in a minute because you look at Clemson addressing some of their weaknesses and and, and making big changes. If you want to keep the rest of the defensive staff together, there's not many guys that I, uh, you know, would have wanted to go after instead. Like when I heard the name, I was like, oh, I think that's a probably a really, really good upside play with relatively minimal downside.
0: Some of the other names that uh, you heard out there, I think would have been safe. I don't know, like what you said, would have had quite as much upside as this one. This does have the potential to be, I think, legitimately as good a hire as you could you could make. Obviously, you, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. You know, it, it, that's what you want to say as a as a fan. You you want to think that this has the potential to be an exceptional hire. Uh, it certainly does. I think some of the other names that you heard out there, like. TJ Rushing would have been a great candidate. I just don't know that he would have potentially let you live some of the
1: uh Florida
0: recruiting dreams as far as And you're high not gonna get recruiting.
1: rushing and it, it, like like Rushing's not gonna come work for Fuller, right? Mm. Like I, I I believe Rushing would be a guy you would replace Fuller with if if, mm. if you were gonna get him. I, like there, he's not gonna come be your DB coach. That that was the kind of thing. Like like Clink Scale, I think is the same way, or at least need to have an assistant DC title, not this pass like passing game. Right, because it's it's clear to like anybody with eyes knows you're not one of the top two you know like passing game coordinator secondary coach is the is the third on on the rung there as far as titles you can give out I, that's what i'm saying like i think there are, are guys who are more proven who would not come to be to be third just from the intel that i gather mm-hmm. yeah. how much do you think like respect wise compared to what woodson got do you think he's able to sort of push back against Fuller more if necessary or like like insert other ideas? Like like what do you think the obviously Fuller talked to this guy and was on board. So you gotta think I mean you gotta think there there's a mutual respect there. You would have to think that. I mean, you would
0: have to think that certainly from uh, from Fuller's standpoint, as just as what the individual was able to do from a playing perspective. But yeah, that I mean that is the one concern that I would have is just You've got to now merge with a staff that you're not that familiar with. And you've got a, a guy who, uh, you know, may be quite spoken, but certainly has a high degree of confidence in himself. And the uh, job that he's done now has to, you know, somewhat fall in line with a broader uh, position or the broader side of the staff on that side of the ball. So, you know, you, you never know how those dynamics work and how uh, does does a guy really want to be the dominant figure in his room? Uh, That, you know, that may clash with, uh, with the current setup. I I don't know that to be the case. I'm just saying uh, kind of in general. So uh, all that stuff's always going to be in play when you hire somebody like that and you're bringing them in, but uh, that would be, you know, that, that will be what I kind of put my ear to the ground and listen to as far as what the earliest feedback is uh, as far as how everything's working on, on uh, this side of the ball.
1: Keyword you said there was his room. There are definitely guys who were on last year's staff who didn't think that was Woodson's room. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in that dynamic. Like, is is the is DB still Fuller's room, or does it really become Pat Sertan's room? Does he does he make it his own? I I think it'd be great if he did. You know, and like that's a guy. If you're a kid, if you're a player on the team, I won't call him kids. If you're a player on the team, if you don't listen, to guy who's won a state title coached in the NFL was one of the best corners in the NFL for 10 years and personally coached his son up, right. Who is now it was a first round draft pick, I think, or late second. Right? or I think it was first. And then now is one of the best corners in the NFL. That's probably a you problem. Not, not a, right. So uh, I, I do think he'll have greater respect within the room. Um, That's I'm excited about the move. I'm, interested to see how it works out but i i think it's you know i think it's gonna be pretty solid man um also you got talent coming in right ventral cypress is a it just makes this room so much more diverse and ability to move pieces around if you've got a guy that you feel like is you know sort of a no doubt draft pick and maybe maybe a high draft pick if, if, if everything works out right i mean that's it just makes this thing a lot more dangerous yeah.
0: Cypress Cyprus is a is a great tool to hand over to anybody it'd be fascinating to see how how that works what the early reports are uh, but as far as you know on the whole I would grade this higher that of what we know I would grade it probably in the low 90s uh, and I don't you know normally go giving away away marks like this I think uh you have the ability to address the most pressing need that you have which is to have a kind of a tip of the spear when it comes to high school recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. Don't really have that. Um, other than, well, yeah, you don't really have that at this time. Uh, so i uh, got a chance to make a big splash when it comes to recruiting. And you've got a guy who has uh, all the ability and background in the world to make you think that he's going to be a more than confident uh, position group coach. So uh, this will be a fun one to watch play out. And uh, as of that, how we can judge it at this point, I think it was a
1: very, very strong hire. Um, Speaking of strong hires, like we, I think we're shifting to a point here. It's not like we won't cover other opponents that FSU plays, but especially for this year, I mean, you are focused on about four to six games. And there's six games where you should just roll the ball out with the amount of talent the team has now and win easily. Clemson is the most important game on this schedule for getting back to where you want to get, which is the ACC title game to win it. Right? Like if you win that game at Clemson, the odds that you were in Charlotte are extremely high and they noticed they had an offense that was not taking the next step. And uh, they went out and they fired Brandon Streeter and they hired Garrett Riley. That's a gangster move on Debo's part. Like that's a move I wasn't sure he was gonna make. Cause he used to make moves like this when he went out and he got hot shot OC Chad Morris. Mm-hmm. And then for like the last couple of years, he's just promoted internally and thought everything was fine. Um uh, I I I mean, that's a pretty good move, man. Like Clemson may not be just taking this line down.
0: No, I mean, I, I don't think so at all. I think they're, um, I think this was a solid move, a really good move. I don't think there's anything else that, uh, any other way that you can label it. I mean, I, I know that, uh, Dabo has an incredible amount of support at Clemson, and I'm not trying to suggest anything else, but I know there's also some guys, and Bud and I, we talked about this personally a couple of days ago. There's some guys who have, said that they are wildly appreciative of what Dabo Sweeney's done, but like, this is not going to become the Dabo Sweeney, you, you know, internal project uh that he has uh total autonomy and, and uh, everything else. And I'm not saying this was forced on him at all. I just think Clemson's probably done a pretty delicate job of, of, uh, <laughs> of kind of guiding a, a coach that has all the leverage and, and all the goodwill in the world into making a really good decision here. Um And, Firing somebody early, firing somebody when it needed to be done and bringing in one of the brighter, you know, brighter minds on that side of ball. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how long he's there, it'll be interesting to see how well, you know, Garrett blends into uh, to that staff. But between, uh, you know, hiring Garrett Riley and and bringing back um, Scott, the former USF coach in, uh, in a more recruiting role, always interesting to see how that works when you go home for a second time and, you know, rarely do those things work out in the, in the manner that people think they will in the back of their mind. Uh, but I think two, two more than above average moves by Dabo and, and an acknowledgement that, you know, Florida state has uh, has got its collective house in order or held a lot more than they have maybe
1: over the past half decade or so. Agreed. I mean, it's, a, it's going to be a major test for that defensive staff we just talked about, right? It's also, I mean, like that's going to be one of the games that you're paid to win. And Clemson, Garrett Riley's gonna be paid, you know, to, to beat Florida State. Like that's that's one of these games you circle. Those are the games you got to get. Now they have lost some key pieces that I don't think Florida State staff is cry is, is sad that they have lost uh, Henry and Brzee and Murphy. They got some key guys back. They, they they got Ruku, they got Tyler Davis, but the dudes who are like legit first round type talents for the most part are 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 going early. And that does help you quite a bit, I think.
0: Uh, it does. And Henry was the one that I particularly was excited to see, uh, you know, go, go on down to Sunday. Um, but they've recruited really well. They're going to have talent there. I don't know that they have, you know, plug in guys with first round potential overall, but they've certainly done well and uh, have continued to stack talent and uh, whether it be Riley or coaches on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think they're going to struggle to find you know adequate pieces
1: with which to plug into their plan. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, elsewhere in the ACC, they are not on the Knoll schedule, but I do think this is relevant. Um, North Carolina finally parted ways with Dre Bly. Uh, North Carolina's corners and DBs just looked uncoached the last two years. So, If when we talk about, and I'm bringing this up because they're not on FSU schedule, I want to bring this up. People are like, "Hey, go hire so and so to be the Knowles DB coach, or to bring him on as this role or that role." If you hire guys who are not proven in a role, and they're an alum, it is that much harder to fire them, especially if they were a really good player.
0: And the head coach coached them when they were a really good player.
1: Exactly. I mean, this is this is the thing. Like I I am very against hiring alums who are not proven elsewhere because of that aspect. And then it gets messy, right? You you have boosters who I'm sure love the guy. And that's need to be proven at a different level, I think. So literally, I mean I'm reading this here. Uh am I missing where he where else he coached? So he was the San Diego Fleet coach, which is in the AAF, and then the AAF disbanded. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Dre Bly turned into a, a a great coach. This is just the example I want to bring up. So when you say hire guy, I'm not going to name him here. Like like hire hire this dude. He was on this staff for a little bit. Hire this guy. Hire that guy. If I'm hiring an alum, I want a strong track record because I I need to know it's going to work out. If it doesn't, it's that much harder to fire the guy.
0: Yeah, there were some uh, there were some whispers uh, behind the scenes that that had been a little bit of a messy situation for quite a while, and uh, right, tough to tough to get cleaned up for for the reasons that you uh, spelled out. If you don't like messy situations, and you don't like situations that have to get cleaned up. Talk to Shannon Young. There's no better guy in the business. Bud's worked with him twice. I'm uh, working on a project now with Shannon. Uh, There is no one more professional. There is no more responsive. Uh, Chad and Shannon truly are the legendary team. 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. I haven't looked at the numbers, but uh, we've done well more than 400. Uh, I think we are probably legitimately close to 500 Nullcast listeners at this point who have either secured uh, original financing or uh, otherwise from them. So a uh, big shout out to the great team uh, at Legendary Home Loans, and thank you for the leadership that they continue to provide this podcast.
1: Uh, from the chat, and first of all, absolutely, Chad and Chad did a tremendous job. Uh, Ron Dugans, being an alum, people in the chat had asked, do you think Ron Dugans had a proven track record? I Yeah, I, I do, right? Ron Dugans had coached for 15 years before the Knowles hired him. Not one year. Like that's a big difference to me. Um, I mean, he was at. I'm trying to think, he might have coached in the NFL for a little bit. When did his NFL his NFL career got had to be done? Like early two thousands, right? So he was at Louisville for a little while. I don't know. I know he was at USF, and then he was at Miami, and, and then he came here. So yeah, I I do consider that a much more proven track record than uh, than that. Um, I want to bring this up to you. Big 10 commission Kevin Warren is going to be the president of the Chicago Bears. Jim Phillips has been the uh ACC commissioner for what two years now. I think. Do we think he's going back to the Big 10? Is that something we need to be concerned about?
0: <laughs> I don't even know if uh if we should be concerned if it does happen. I don't even know if a. Uh... I don't know that you couldn't appoint like the best person in the world when it comes to college athletics, and they're going to change the ACC's trajectory. Me personally, now maybe that's just me being fatalistic. Blah blah blah. Uh, I don't think that uh, that Phillips has done a a bang up job so far in his time in uh, in Greensboro, now Charlotte, or soon to be Charlotte. Uh, again, I don't know that it's even possible to do such a thing at this point. I mean, uh, being a conference commissioner is steering a giant aircraft carrier i mean these things don't turn on a dime you don't simply pivot and go from one direction to another it was you know made all the important by the uh direction perhaps wrong direction that john Swafford sailed this ship in for so long that uh i don't i just again i don't mean to be negative or fatalistic i just don't know that there's a whole lot that could be done in this space and it wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if we don't find out in 10 days or so that jim phillips has uh been offered the big 10 job and plans to uh, take it in a expedient manner as
1: possible. But I, I think that's fair. Um, I also wonder like, what are your cards you really have to play in the ACC? You you got a lot of brands that just people are not going to care about. Uh, I think he's more or less told you that he has no cards to play. His
0: cards are hoping that someone deals him cards that happen to have a Notre Dame logo on it. Uh, And that's, not gonna. I think that's where the conference is at this point. <laughs> I right. mean, that or some, you know, for some reason, some tech giant strikes a deal with the ACC that they don't otherwise have an interest in in striking with other conferences, which is again is um,
1: slim to zero. So, yeah from a, from a Knowles perspective, that's why I think you got to get out of this league in the long term. Or alternatively, you, you need to be so damn good that the ACC cannot afford to lose you and they give you some kind of sweetheart deal to where you know you're, you're not getting six percent split of revenue across all 14 teams you're getting like a 10 or 11 share and you know if, if that means that some teams are pretty bad okay they're already bad I mean like if if some team goes from being you know power rated 80th in the nation to 120th it the ACC needs to get teams into the playoff the ACC needs to, needs to be represented uh, the top of the conference is who you are, right? The bottom of the SEC this year was, was not particularly good. This was one of the, the worst SECs I've seen in a while. However, the top four teams in the SEC beat the other four conference champions by like 200 combined points, I think it was, right? Because Bama crushed Kansas State by like 40, Clemson lost by, what, 15 or 20, obviously tcu lost by a bowl record to georgia and uh i forgot the other one anyway like the top of the league is who you are nobody, nobody nobody's gonna look back and say well yeah like old miss laid an egg against texas tech and you know this team against that and whatnot um you, you got to get out of this league or, or you got to get a sweetheart deal in the long term which is why it's so important that the Knowles maintain a really high roster quality and they they play a really good brand of football pretty much year in and year out so that they are too big to fail essentially, you know? This conversation
0: may be the motivating and and driving point behind a certain entity that has come about on the landscape in the, in the more recent months. Uh, I mean, everybody is acting in a manner that uh, wants Florida state in the best light possible, both for um, internally and externally. So, I'll just keep it nice, broad, and ambiguous. But, uh, absolutely. operating like a startup, need to yes. get bought
1: yes. for state football. <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's talk a little personnel management. Uh, and first, let's talk about congruity, man. I, I know you have a great experience with them, and uh, they keep adding pieces. Great, uh, experience with them.
0: And I am uh, currently uh, talking with Matt Lewis about our own, uh, management of personnel, and uh, there's no better people to be doing it with. Uh, very um, flexible in in what it takes for them to work with you, whether or not you got a hundred employees or you got two or three that you're just kind of trying to get an entity off the ground right now. I've worked with Matt at my previous place of enjoy, uh, employment. Obviously, uh, you and I have worked with him uh, in our own little small, humble business here. Congruityhr.com is the website. And uh, as many of you have, if you wish to reach out to me directly, I'm more than happy to put you in touch uh, with Matt. But payroll, payroll, HR, uh, or anything else that you need assistance with to see your business uh, function in as optimized manner as possible, uh, Matt Lewis and his team are the people that I would strongly, strongly encourage you to speak with.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, let me see. Things I picked up. There are people who would know who think Jackson is the uh, best D tackle for state assigned in the portal mm-hmm. and think he's a really good player. Um, I think there's a decent. Now, there's some new waiver requirements for him to get eligible to NCAA pass. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. I I think, like, are you operating under the expectation he's playing this year? Because I, I think I kind of am until proven otherwise. Yes,
0: I I, <clears throat> I am. There's, uh, there's some conversation here that I, I've got to be careful with having, but uh, I expect that uh, ultimately he'll be able to get his waiver. Uh, there are some people that you can provide uh, athletes in situations like this as far as uh, legal assistance. Um, and I believe that he'll have every potential ability in the world uh, to get that waiver approved and be eligible to play immediately um when i saw those new requirements i was like oh
1: billable hours congrats lawyers <laughs> you know like that that's great yeah it's simply trying to make things more restrictive probably won't yeah,
0: work. yeah well that makes uh that makes that makes me happy man that uh last weekend when uh jackson and all this other stuff happened was uh it was a it was a fun time it was a fun time and fortunately i'd given christina a Corgi about five days earlier; otherwise, uh, she might have executed me on the spot at my engagement party. As I spent Friday night on the phone trying to figure out exactly uh, what we were doing uh, at the at the d- defensive line unit. So uh, it's all worked out, and that makes me happy.
1: So you guys got a puppy? Okay,
0: got a got a corgi. That is what, uh, what's the that, name? That is collective insurance, bud. If you get it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, do I have to go to my office and close the door for four hours? Or here, here's a corgi. Uh, Hambone. Hambone is, uh, is the, uh, the best purchase that I could have ever made. Yes.
1: Man, like, buddy, like, things are looking, the, the chat says you look like Pierce Brosnan. Well, and you, and you just got a Corgi? Like, that's, yes. that's, this is
0: that's a, quality. This is an AM recording of the Nullcast and a, a shower buzz was, but recent, so. We, um, we also have people in the chat who think this show is not live. Yes, um, that was... Uh, I get it. I mean, we we had a nine o'clock or an eight o'clock on the YouTube yesterday, and I had to call Bud at seven fifty-five and tell him my my computer just tapped out and said no moss yesterday. So ran to the store, bought a new one, and here we are this morning. So, what's that AM or PM to AM, and, and yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no one ever
1: knew any. No, no one ever knew the difference. Oh man. Um. So like, I I think from a personnel standpoint, Jackson is a big get because like Fabo is a guy who can play both positions. And if Jackson can give you 500 snaps at nose, that allows you to sort of float Fabo a little bit in that, like he can play a lot of three tech if he wants. And just, it makes the room so much deeper. It means you can move Fisk around to wherever really you want to play him, right? Probably more, more some three. And it just pushes down everybody in terms of when they need to arrive, not having to play guys too early you know we may saying? have to
0: but, dedicate 30 minutes to our defensive line snap count draft alone oh. next year i mean it, it's going to be fascinating uh when you when, just from the interior not 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 just d Mac um verse gilber and and pat payton on the outside but uh my lord what a what a unit what a great unit to hand uh odell here and um uh that that'll be fascinating because uh, i'd be surprised well Assuming health is, is maintained, I'd almost be surprised if somebody gets into the 500s at that unit. You're going to be doing a lot of – it's going to be a lot of cyclical rotation.
1: And you know, We talked on the last show, like, do do you want to play Fabo for 500 snaps? Does he want to play 500 snaps? Right. Yeah. Pro- probably not, right? I mean, the, the guy's trying to get to the NFL, wants to showcase himself against the best people. That is also in Florida State's interest that he stays healthy against the the best teams. And I think you're going to be able to rotate a lot of dudes in, you know, against certain teams. Um You're just looking at the schedule, like Vatek this year was horrendous on the offensive line. Yeah. You're going to have two, you know, two non-conference games where the O-line is probably pretty sketch. You'll have an- another two or three in conference where it's probably not that good. Syracuse is getting crushed in the transfer portal right now, un- unfortunately for them. So, uh, they may be worse than they were down the stretch this year. I mean, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for these young kids, man, to uh, to step up and, and play.
0: Well, the, the four that everybody's going to look at is DJ, Fabo, uh, Fisk, and then, well, I guess the, the three, and then you immediately have got uh, this younger group that you're going to want to get as many snaps as possible with former AO, Lions, uh, etc. It's just a, it's a remarkably talented group. Malcolm Ray obviously is is in that mix as well. So uh, we'll be curious. And then uh, lions, know, what, what do you do with Briggs? You know, <clears throat> Briggs is you know a talented guy that you still hope to have a, a higher level of play than you've seen as he as he comes back from an injury last year. Um, massive internal expectations or at least uh, optimism surrounding Joshua Farmer. So uh,
1: now defensive line is going to be going to be remarkable. Yeah, the the depth that allows Odell to to develop here, I think, is is really really key. Like you know, you're going to lose Fabo after this year, unless I mean, I don't know, maybe battles in right. It's just like a like Fabo life lifetime contract.
0: Uh, we got a 29 year old defensive tackle. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure Georgia would love that. It was w- Stetson Bennett, right? Um, <laughs> you, you you profile this team. Certain guys will will leave for the league eventually, and and what the drop off, if there is one, at certain spots looks like for 24. But D-line, you know, on the interior is is one that maybe you can have a more minimal drop-off because of the depth that you're allowed to uh, develop. That That's a great comment from Castro. We're going to put that on the screen. Look at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's a, big that's a multi-year deal. That's like, a big get. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Did, did you go puppy or did you go, uh, did uh, you go He's old? He's pure
0: wild puppy. Yeah, absolutely. How does he get along with the cat? uh the cat just beat his ass first day he was there pretty good and established dominance and
1: so far they've worked well from there i was uh mags went to go take a shower right and so it's like watch the kids got it no problem and liam's like hey i'm gonna jump over huddy i'm like "Mm, i don't know man like hudson's a gigantic one-year-old we have all these toys all around the house like why do we need to jump over the living thing right with, in, in like the 20 minutes that Mags wants to like have some time to herself and go take a shower. Cause you know, like my ass is toast. If right. she hears like, there's like the angry crying and then there's like the I'm hurt cry, mm-hmm. you know? And so like your number one goal then is let her take the shower in peace. I'm like, uh-uh. we're not, we're not, we're not jumping over, over the one year old, three year old jump over. So I set up a little obstacle course They did that. It was, it was good. Um, <clears throat> she was happy to have me home after uh, after convention. After being at convention for three days, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, like I'm very excited about where this defensive line is going you know, the, the, with the versatile pieces. Briggs is a great question, buddy. Like, wh- they have got to be able to play a bigger variety of fronts this year and keep people guessing. One of our main complaints on this show has been that the better offenses, especially the ones with, with decent quarterbacks, they they know they can formation and motion FSU into predictable coverages, and Florida State does not vary its fronts very much. So you just kind of, like, they play with confidence, at least this past year, against Adam Fuller's defense. And you need to confuse people more and put people in uncomfortable situations. Like, that's one of the challenges, or not challenges, it shouldn't be a challenge, given the pieces you have. That's one of the things that that you're going to have to see from fuller's defense this year right and he's gonna to have to work obviously with odell pooches to make sure those guys feel comfortable playing the variety of roles but more varied fronts more keeping offenses guessing more putting guys in position to to make plays finding those five you know favorable matchups up front and you have the pieces to do it now i mean i like d tackle better than i like end but uh Briggs, as you mentioned, is a really interesting piece. You could go with like a heavy pass rush thing with with, with Briggs and Fisk if you needed to. If, if Verse needs a blow, uh, I'm, you know, this is this is pretty fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I personally love just where you are in general uh, at end and uh, defensive tackle, but defensive tackle is just a level of options uh that is truly remarkable. So uh you've got some some great things then and then it's gonna be interesting to see what you do with some of these pieces uh in the secondary. I mean, Akeem Dent, uh Akeem, never to be called Greg again, uh has decided to return. Uh that's a good piece to have, particularly when you uh, lost Jamie to the NFL. So uh Shaheen Brown, Akeem Dent, and then it'll be interesting to see if you don't move a piece internally uh to safety as you're you certainly have a a, a lot of similar level players i would say at cornerback and and maybe there's a guy there that can move to to safety or you know maybe there's a little bit more definition as to who your nickel is how you use them uh, et etc but i think there's a ton of pieces out there that probably one or two of them will have uh you know will have what's expected of them to be sharpened up a little bit uh and perhaps that's a, a pure position move maybe that's just where you do some things in particular packages that, uh, that
1: have you get a different perspective. 100%. Um, I mean, look, Renardo green makes the most sense to me to move just because he, he did play safety previously and he's you know a little stouter than maybe some of the the other guys who you could move. Um, I mean, could you move Duke Cooper? I, I guess. What does he say to that? Or does he say, no, like peace. I'm, I'm, I'm going to transfer you trying to move into safety. I don't know. I, Um, if you talk to green, you're probably like, Hey, what, what is your, uh, what, if you're going to play professional football, where do you think that you best fit? It might be safety, right? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not a pro, but maybe he is. I think he could be potentially, um, they do need to move somebody there. I think with dent, I mean, how long is he going to be out with, with with the foot thing? Like that's Mm -hmm. it. I, I I don't know if he's going to play in spring ball. Does How much summer work does he get? He was a good player at times when he was healthy, and then he, sometimes he had a little head scratch and stuff. But uh, let's just say like he's a solid player and somebody who's a valuable part of the defense when healthy. They definitely need an, another safety in the portal. And I don't know that there's anybody out there currently in the portal who they want. So I think that would probably be a post-spring thing. But... Some of your problems are going to need to 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 be solved internally here with younger guys stepping up, dudes bouncing back, Cooper, and and if they can get anything out of Travis J, and then see where you can move Green around. But right now, like I mean, all right, with dense injury, you have Cheyenne Battle, who is you know a, a, I think a very interesting player, maybe not Shaheen, like Brown, but yeah. But, excuse me, why do I keep calling him Battle? Sorry. Uh, like an interesting player, maybe not a great deep cover guy, but but certainly I, I think a guy who's a very useful piece. You need a safety with range back there, mm-hmm. especially if, if Dent is not, you know, full or, or loses a step. I, I I hope he's back, you know, full, like it's just unfortunate injury in the bowl game there. Ifs and
0: wishes, whatever you want to say, I would I would be fascinating if Calvin Hussey could have enrolled early. Uh, uh, yeah that would be a guy that you potentially could see like immediately in your two deep and, and maybe more, but uh, yeah, I mean, that'll, that's where we'll all turn our focus as far as, you know, remaining portal activity to be done. Uh, you you might want to try to add a linebacker that's delicate. You, you know, you've got to really find a, a perfect fit there. And um, I don't, it'd be interesting to see if the juice is worth the squeeze uh, on that one, but uh, safety you want is obviously. you a guy, right? Like, well, yeah. Yeah. And also you're, <clears throat> yeah, you want a two year guy. I think you think internally that you're about to be able to start recruiting linebackers from the high school level that you get much more of the clay that you're looking for. Long term clay um, linebacker in this new world of college football, Uh, you know, nothing's for free, but that's not necessarily a, a premium uh commitment level uh to be able to start getting high school prospects uh i think that i'd be surprised you're gonna have to find something that's particularly uh almost a perfect fit uh, in my opinion if you're going to add
1: linebacker in the portal i i, I tend to agree um I mean, i'm a little like just i'm a little scared about linebacker in 24 right mm-hmm. like that they need to recruit the high school position better i mean you, you We'll see what they get out of the Georgia kid. Obviously, everybody in the country liked Nicholson a whole lot. That was a huge recruitment by Derek Ray. Uh, they're probably going to have to go portal in twenty four. Mm-hmm. I would like. Can Lundy be a full time starter for you, given his current level of of you know athleticism and build? I I have questions there. I think he's more of a you know role player type piece. I don't project Dix right now as a guy who can start for you. If you want to play at the level where like you're consistently trying to make the playoff, consistently competing for the ACC, I, you know Gant, it's got to be this is last year, right? Just I'm trying to think when he was recruited. Like I don't think he hasn't. I don't think he has another one. And even if even so, like he's not a starter, right? You're either in the portal for a linebacker this year, or you're in you're in it for next year, because like there's no way. I shouldn't say no way I'd be surprised man and like I mean who are your starters next year at linebacker like maybe a Nicholson and and Omar Graham yeah I, I guess but like that's thread in the needle like it's kind of got to be those two guys I think maybe I mean maybe I'm wrong I, I certainly have been before
0: it's not a lot of I mean there's not a lot of alternative options really I mean it, it uh I expect you to grab a couple out of high school uh, and levels of players that uh, you haven't been involved with in a little while uh, as far as the high school level recruiting. And then I think you'll probably grab two out of the portal as well. You'll, you'll address both short and long uh, after this year. So, um, and just to make you feel bad, I, I think I called, what do I call him? Calvin Hussey or whatever, rather than Conrad, Conrad. So, you know, it's just uh, didn't want you too feeling too bad about getting a, a name wrong there, but so. Uh, Shine um,
1: Battle, by the way, is the starting safety at NC State. The, okay, there's the, stud So that, that's why. I uh, was thinking maybe
0: uh, they just had the battles in still
1: on on your mind as
0: well. I, so I probably we've, did. We've been throwing <laughs> been throwing battle around a lot, and uh, yes, Kevin, a a uh, longtime NOLCAST listener, uh, evidently the Georgia did, you know, go out and do a great job of miraculously signing many of the top end linebackers, uh, in their, uh, in their transition to just having one of the better defenses ever, but still, uh, relatively speaking, that's a position that you can address without having to make, um, you know, say levels of commitment that, uh, get you yeah. in articles, uh, all over the country that you can't fulfill or, are prepared to uh, make good on. So um,
1: I had to shoot a TikTok on that. Did uh, you? Not on, not on, the, not on the, the latter thing I think you're just implying, but on the Georgia linebacker. Yeah, Georgia went out okay. and signed three of the top five linebackers in the nation. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah including Raylan Wilson, who hit 23-mile-an-hour this year on the catapult, which uh, schools are told that you want to – like if you're a G5 school, receivers should run 20-mile-an-hour, and if you're a Power 5 school, receivers really need to be running like 21-and-a-half or 22-mile-an-hour. And Georgia decided a 226 pound linebacker who's running 23 mile an hour, whose uncle was like that dude catching balls for Houston Oilers back in the day. And whose dad was the leading receiver in FAMU history and played for the New Orleans Saints. So uh, fairly high confidence that Raylan Wilson is going to be a good player for Georgia, in my opinion. He also returns punts. Uh, Tallahassee Lincoln kid. Tallahassee Lincoln. Yep. Yep. it'd be great to great to get back in that school maybe in the yeah. future but that's yeah. not us bagging on the staff by the way like i don't think it's realistic for you to sign Raylan Wilson coming off a 5 and 7 campaign right like they were in on him early uh, I, yeah like i may have some gripes about how some you know some of the linebacker recruiting goes that's not really one of them overall like that's not a re- if georgia's going to go all in on the kid given that they just won back-to-back titles and uh, you know like yeah that you're that's where you're aspiring to get I, i'm not bagging on the staff I, I'm, I'm not unrealistic in my expectation I, I don't i don't think um okay now looking at next year's schedule i've been looking at some teams that lose a lot uh florida does lose an awful lot by the way uh, they've already lost two offensive linemen uh, to the portal i think they've lost a couple of defensive linemen uh to the draft and uh We'll see how they replace it. I'm fairly confident in this offensive line, though, next year, man. Like it was, it took a step forward this year. And I'm going to pose a question. We all love the work that Jazz Turrentine did. Okay. Really, really do. That was the really smart use of their final scholarship. Uh, they saw one good game out of him against Florida for South Carolina and several poor games. If, if we're if we're playing both sides of the coin there you're like all right well it's a lot of scholarship it's summer who else we're going to get as an emergency tackle because they they did like the uh you know, the, the FCS kid they had signed obviously who then gets hurt immediately mm-hmm. right i don't know that you take a jazz this year if he like if the same level of player i don't know that 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 he would be second string on this roster i think he might be like third string on this roster you know the the Meach kid I don't know the, does Meach start next year next year if he comes back or if he were to come back I mean he's not I'm pretty sure he's not coming back but like the level of player I think this room is ascending man I, I think they have some dudes in here now who you got to feel pretty damn good about undoubtedly uh I think
0: <clears throat> you know you have you have done with the offensive line that That kind of what you hope to do to linebacker next year. You grab some high school studs that you can look at, see begin to develop, and acknowledge that Lucas Simmons is a type of, you know, raw clay that you haven't had around here in a long damn time uh, at tackle. And then, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, Byers in the spring. But so far, uh, if if there's you know positive feedback to get on a kid, uh, Byers has has had a lot of it. So um, I think you've think you did a uh did some nice work in the portal on that one and that guy's going to be a uh you know have had the potential to be a very significant piece for you next year. Uh,
1: yeah, like people from UTEP loved Byers. Um other schools really liked Byers. That that's a credit to Atkins and, and the, really the entire staff that got on him and made him feel feel needed immediately. Uh I I think he could start a tackle for you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, and honestly it, if I had to pick one guy about like, who's your best lineman next year, even though I haven't seen him play at the power five level, I'm picking Byers. I, I think he might immediately be your best offensive lineman and, and, and maybe an NFL guy. So I think that's a really, really nice get for them in the portal. And now like, think about this. We, we can have legitimate debate about who's going to play tackle. And, not names that make you want to throw open your mouth okay so i right, feel like feel pretty good about robert scott get a full off season away training you know continue to to ascend bless harris is coming back sucks that he had the shoulder injury because i i think upper body strength is an area that we had identified as him needing to improve pre-shoulder injury but still the fact that it happened early means that he has had some time to to get back from it um buyers Washington, we've seen, uh, can play some tackle. Now, against the best teams, is he going to hold up well against tackle? No, but he's not a horrendous player there. And you still have Julian Armella, right, Who, who's come, coming back off getting dinged, and and we'll see how well he can progress. Uh, if he doesn't win a tackle job, I, I wonder if he doesn't get some snaps on the inside, just to, because I think he's going to be a player that they do value you know, getting snaps. Kind of the same as Washington. And then on the interior, I mean, Smith, Roddick, you bring in the Keandre Jones kid from, from Auburn. Uh, he's a big-bodied kid, a little too big this year. Need to uh, be a slightly lesser big-body and, and kind of get back to that 2021 form. Uh, Jalen Early, uh, we'll see what they ever get out of Schrader. You're starting, and I'm not just naming names. Like These are guys that I think if you had to put in games, probably don't get you killed. And it's been a while since we've been able to say that. Like, man, they got – how many names did I just name off, dude? One, two, three, four, five, six. It's like nine. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if I put SDS in that category as far as like somebody they trust yet. We'll see. Like maybe he's another guy. Does he? St- does he take a step this offseason potentially? Yeah. Um, Physically, he's there. We've got to have a little bit better
0: ideas as to what they're asking of him. Consistency,
1: uh, yeah, and in, in, in assignment. For
0: but sure. strong, tough kid. Uh, you know, if you can, if you can get him there, that that. Uh, I think Estes has a brighter future than, than some of the other guys that we've talked about on the interior. If it gets there, uh, Estes has the potential to be a, a above-average player for
1: you. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, this could be like a top-20 room in the country for, for offensive linemen, I think. You know? it. Yeah. I, I, if all goes well. And then, heck, like I think they'll probably get Simmons some snaps, mm-hmm. especially in some some of these blowout games. And I think that's increasingly important. In the transfer portal era, right? That you get some guys, some snaps. Now it does expose your dudes to the portal as well, like cause other teams have seen him in games. But I think you want to be able to you know, to develop yeah. some of those guys. Well, you're
0: not Simmons is is a known commodity at this point. I I don't know that you're you're going to be hiding him a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> but no, right, your your point is correct. Uh,
1: so I mean, I said this on cover three, but like people are like, where where are these? Uh, hey, like you see any good tackles in the portal? I'm like where. <laughs> Where are they hiding? Where do you think we're hiding these dudes at? Because I'm I'm pretty sure that that they're not they're not hiding out there, right? Like, oh man. Uh, another spot where they have not taken a player, and I thought they were were going to, is receiver. Uh, we did see Malik McLean hit the portal. I think that was pretty expected given his his snap share this year and the fact that he only has two years left to play. I, th- I think candidly, that's been an expectation for about four weeks now or so. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to go somewhere fairly good, uh, just based on. I talked to uh, a G five coach at a very good G five program about him, and he hit me up for his number. And then I asked the guy, "How did it go?" And he's like, "I think he's going to go much bigger than than us." Mm-hmm. So, um, it, like. I hope he does well, man. Like I, I hope he goes somewhere and, and has a a successful career and is able to a, a, able to flourish. It does say something about the receiver room that it has been flipped. That that was one of the worst uh, receiver rooms in the conference last year, or excuse me, not last year, twenty twenty one. We we, we got I got to work on my last year now. Now that we're in twenty three, in twenty one, this was one of the more embarrassing receiver rooms in the conference, and you're like, really, like this cannot be what Florida State is running out. At, at receiver. Now, uh if they don't make a move, this is a big bet on Darren Williamson, right?
0: Yeah, and so Williamson, who they who they think a lot of uh you know, you get Winston right back, you'll see what that looks like and and what and where he's able to contribute. Um who knows if you want to believe the um <clears throat> the dream of a young man from Louisiana as to whether or not he ever appears on campus for you uh, I'll save everybody the the uh, I'll just be ambiguous with the name there uh, and we'll start talking about him if he does ever walk through the Moore building but uh, yeah I mean I, I think you're good at wide receiver and also you just uh, spend a lot of time and energy bringing in two of the better tight ends in the portal you know that is going yeah. to change the availability of, of balls for wide receivers. Uh, you know, you didn't bring Jaheim Bell in to not get him involved in the offense. So, um, and, and, you know, Morlock will evolve in time as well. So, and you've got a, a guy in Douglas that's developing into a, a an absolute tool. So uh, I just don't know that there's going to be that many, that many balls to catch out there uh, for wide receivers and the uh, league, you know, made a decision that he thought was best for him. And I certainly understand where he was coming from
1: yeah i mean if, if he can go to an auburn or an old miss a place that i mean um, as far as like the routes that you're asked to run those two schools within his geographic footprint i mean the kids from Mobile, right uh would be like it's just kind of go deep right with w- within those if you think about it like when nfl teams got laquan treadwell out of He frees the system at Ole Miss. They're like, this guy know how to run any routes? They're like, bro, you drafted him. Did you watch the film? Right? Uh, So I I think he actually could flourish in the SEC in that type of system. But FSU has flipped the room to where he was not getting on the field as much. Um, I don't know. I could see them go portal for receiver post-spring if if Williamson is not taking the step, which I think, like, he – Probably will. I, I do trust Mike Norvell and his evaluation of receivers. Typically, I mean that's the guy, the position he played. He's done a really nice job of that throughout his career. Or if Wright is just not going to get back to what he was pre-car crash, but I mean right now, like I still think you like the receiver room. I I was a big like Pokey Wilson was. Under, I think you were too. Like underrated part of this offense this year. He was a guy who could take the top off the defense. Did so against Miami. Did so against Oklahoma uh that's the one thing that they need to make sure that they have secured and that's sort of like if williamson replaces pokey awesome you yeah. know like let's let's do this thing um and then you get Hakeem involved as well right and that, that's something that i i think they will be really intent on doing
0: i drove down to tallahassee unexpectedly a couple times uh, recently i've had a couple meetings there's no better place for me to uh, sit down with somebody than Charlie Park, Charlie Park Rooftop Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. Matt Thompson and his team, uh, impossible to be better supporters of Florida State Athletics or to understand the emotional investment that uh, crazy fans like us make. And uh, whether it be Township, Madso, Charlie Park, uh, just for the table restaurant group, fantastic influence on the Tallahassee dining scene as well. And uh even even ran by Madso, uh, bud, just so that I could get that Madso feeling. Uh and uh there are no better places in Tallahassee. And as always, we thank Matt and his team. We do. Uh Treshawn Ward to Kansas State.
1: That's a nice get for Kansas State.
0: Yeah, great get for Trey You never know exactly uh, you know, what's involved in this, but I think Trayshawn was um his His talent was appreciated, and I think that he uh, that 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 thrills me. That's great, man. Uh, if If he you know was able to get uh, what it was from a Nil perspective that I think he might have, then that's brilliant for him, brilliant for that kid, and good for Kansas State uh, to go out there and uh, see a piece that they think they can plug in and immediately continue to kind of help pursue the uh, upward trajectory that that
1: program's had over the past couple of years. No doubt. Like, if he can get paid as a number one running back NIL perspective-wise, and Kansas State has stepped up through NIL efforts, I do know that, because when they when they had the a- a- Avery kid committed at quarterback, other schools came calling, and Kansas State had to get their business together with the quickness. I, I talked to a guy on their staff at, at convention, uh, and they're, they're confident where they are, you know, within reason, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, look, an NIL check may be the only check Treshawn Ward ever earns to play football. Okay, like I love Treshawn Ward. I think we were the only show saying it's fine if they don't take a running back. Remember, I, was it Newberg who was saying like, they ha- how can you not take a running back? I'm like, I, I like, dude, Treshawn's from Tampa, where you live. Like, how do you not like, I don't know. I like the kid a lot, but he's not a big guy. And he does get caught from behind, which suggests that his long speed is not great. If he, like assuming he gets a combine invite if that 40 time doesn't go well he's not a draft pick you know and and i assume he'll maybe he'll make a roster practice squad maybe he'll run faster than i expect maybe he'll unlock some kind of gear but like i mean that's a guy you got to root for from from a walk-on to a dude who may go start at, at a team that just played in the sugar bowl and it also is a commentary on where you are as a room that you you got a guy who clearly jumped him, and you got young dudes in you know Lawrence to Philly and and, and and Rodney Hill and guys like that who are, uh, I'm sure the staff thinks is kind of right there, yeah. You know, um, a lot of talk about um, Singletary from Georgia. I'm I haven't heard anything on that. Sorry, just just kind of going through some comments here. Let's talk FSU in the top twenty five. I had them, I think, eighth in my way-too-early top 25 on cover three. Uh, behind, who did I have? Georgia, Bama, the three Big Ten schools. LSU, Texas, I think. Um, you could put I, – I really – like, I, when I was doing my tiers, I think you could put them anywhere between, like, 6th and 13th, depending on on kind of how you – See things playing out, and this will change quite a bit. You know, I Oregon State last night, their best linebacker, maybe their best defensive player, hit the portal. So I'm moving them down some. I I don't really want to stand like stand on my January rankings of people. Although I will say, I'll give you guys a freebie here. I already have about as much as this as I can get. Barstool opened the Knowles at 150 to one to win the national title, and it got mm-hmm. bet down to 100 to one. Do I think that you can win the national title? Probably not. Right. Do I think that they should be priced 100 to 1 to win it? No. I, right. I, I don't. Like that's They're not going to be you know, two touchdown dogs to anybody in the playoff if they make it. Just run the math on that. 100 to 1 I think is something that should get bet down. Um Yeah. So, if you guys live in a bar stool state there You go, Merry Christmas. Um, uh, always play responsibly, blah, blah 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 blah. But yeah, 100 to 1's a little, little high. Oh, we, we got a, a prediction here: Canes <laughs> 24, Noles, 17. Uh, from... moles, moles, oh, no moles. Okay, just some, uh, some moles. Yeah, Kirby voted FSU 18th, 18. Yeah. How much do you think Kirby's paying attention to anybody who's not playoff caliber right now? Probably very little, but still, you know, (laughs) you just
0: gotta, you gotta lean into it. Kirby's from Bainbridge. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Yeah. But um, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I think I fully expect Florida state to open up with a single digit next to their name. No, I think that'll be eight or nine, but uh, you know, would it shock me to see them be six? No, it wouldn't. So uh, we'll see what, We'll see what happens from there. Um you want to talk Rashada real quickly? It seems to be a popular uh,
1: thing in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh we talked a lot about this on Cover 3 yesterday. I don't have a 100% feel for what's going on there because everybody everybody with information on this has a slant on it. Mhm. Yeah. What do we want to Think about this. I mean, clearly, it's something going on. Uh, I know the Gators two four seven site. We read this on Don Cover Three. Reported that it was not a transcript issue. It, it's it's an, an NIL thing. The Orlando Sentinel has reported that it was a thirteen million dollar NIL deal that has now collapsed. My uh, level of skepticism on that number is high and i'm not involved with that negotiation or any negotiation but 13 million over four years still feels pretty high based on what i know kids at other schools like i talked to you know guys from a lot of different schools and a lot of you know handlers and things have got does 13 million hypothetically sound high to you over over four years for for a, for the number seven quarterback in the country?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably not appropriate for me to talk a whole lot about other people's business, but none of the, what I will say is it's very rare that I've ever seen a number in this space be accurate. Uh, you know, it, it is tough. And just from a pure standpoint, I, I think maybe some guys, uh, will have an end with, with a program say, uh, and I'm, I'm hesitant to do this purely, let's say Georgia. Okay. I, and I don't, I'm not hinting at anything, but Let's say uh, I'm from Atlanta and I know a player personnel guy at Georgia. So I know what Georgia may value a defensive tackle, or I know what Georgia may value an outside linebacker at. And then I'm like, oh, well, these staffs are pretty similar. I'm going to extrapolate that as to what the outside linebacker market is. Well, it's just not how it works. People people are all over the board when it comes to this. Um, I would be very surprised if that 13 number is accurate. but um yeah i mean that's a that's a a a real situation that they're going to have to try to unwind absolutely
1: yeah like i think the athletic reported that nico who's the number two player in the country got eight million from tennessee yeah like that's not a guess like that's actually like reporting that they got i think from his camp it's also (laughs) these
0: are california kids so you could in 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 you could have entered into said contract with them that, that may, I mean, you know, there, you can, for those that aren't aware, you can NIL high school athletes in, in California. There was a theory a year ago that, Oh my God, all these California kids are going to have such a higher premium on them because you can do such a thing. Um, Who knows, man, that's, that's a a absolutely wild
1: situation. I mean, he also, uh, he also switched agents at some point. Yeah. So I think months ago, um, so we'll see. I, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that plans out or plays out right now. I ran my very early numbers next year. I have Florida going five and seven. Mm. So now Rashada is not impacting that a whole lot, but it wouldn't shock me if they do somehow find a way to get him, which at this point, like if I had to guess, I would say probably not. Uh, but who knows? We like, this is an unprecedented space. It, it's, it, there's no real foundation that you're making predictions off unless you just know. And I don't know. But, like, they could get – Rashada could play for them this year. Kitten is gone. Richardson's gone. They had to take Graham Mertz in, in the portal because certain guys in the portal are actually either not graduating or academically ineligible. And then Pratt and Harris went back to their Tulane and UTSA, respectively. I mean, I'm – You know, this is this is an interesting time for them in in Gainesville, to be sure.
0: Maybe that's just the fan in me, uh, and maybe we're a good bit into this podcast, so we can table it. And this is good off-season talk, uh, both in the fact as to whether or not this is true or how much it matters. Um, But does it maybe? Are there maybe elements of 2010 in the air right now with Florida having some real internal problems? And you know, we'll see exactly. As my alarm system chimes in, uh, we'll see exactly what, uh, you know, Miami looks like. Now, when I say does it even matter is, you know, all these other schools are so much their level of influence in in recruiting the state of Florida is so higher than it was 10, 12, 15 years ago. But uh, to me, anyway, it does feel like there may be a window uh, for Florida State to step in right now, uh, display a level of of competency and a program with a level of consistency. Uh, that maybe the two other major in-state powers uh, don't have to offer. And, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, I think the landscape is certainly shaping up favorably for Florida State right now.
1: I think the odds that Miami and Florida do not combine for at least nine losses this year coming up uh, are are low. I think they're going to combine to lose at least nine games. I don't know who's going to lose them. And the transfer portal will change all, all of our opinions over the next four to six months, but you do have a window. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that FSU goes twelve and zero. And I think you know, they're going to be somewhere. People hate when we do this, but like they're going to be somewhere between like eight and four and twelve and zero, unless they just get totally crushed by injury, right? You know, Florida is probably an underdog in five games. Maybe six games with a couple other coin flips. That's that's tough. You kind of want to have the Vandy game on the road. Now I know they screwed around and lost it this year, but like you don't want that to count as your one of your home games. Like you mm-hmm. want to use the swamp to your advantage. They also, this is the year that the Georgia game counts as a home game. Mm. Okay. So this is tough for them, which because Florida has to play, and I actually looked at this the other day. Florida has to play. That means four non-Vanderbilt SEC road games, and you know people don't like when we use the SEC term, and I agree because some of these some of these schools are, are SEC in name only, but their road games this year are at Kentucky, and Kentucky just got Leary in the portal from NC State, at South Carolina, who they whipped this year, and South Carolina has lost a couple players recently. You may have, you may have noticed that uh, at LSU, and at Missouri. I mean, that is a, a tough setup, right? Um, then they host Arkansas, host the Knowles, neutral side against Georgia, host Vandy, host Tennessee. Oh, and they opened this year at Utah, and Utah has now kept Cam rising mm-hmm. and kept Brent Brent Keithy. And this was the one year that I thought Utah was like just young pups on the offensive defensive line. Utah is returning like almost everybody of consequence along the lines of scrimmage. And they're, Utah is usually not a team you push around. You could push them around a little bit this year. They're also a much different team at home. Uh, We're, we're, we're minute what 69 here. Utah is my highest split in my ratings home field versus road uh, advantage. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I use a, I I use like a flat five for them. Wow. Um, They play way different at home for some reason. Ask USC the first. I mean, well, I guess they beat USC on neutral side, too. But, like, they really do play, and I don't know why, if it's elevation or just whatever it is. I mean, if you – does Florida make a bowl? I, The odds say I think so, but, like, it's not guaranteed. And if that's your year, too, ask Mike Norvell how hard it was to recruit last January. Mm -hmm. Ask Mike how hard it was to recruit, you know, in March and in April. And heck, like, you know, August, you yeah. know, right. Yeah. Coming off back to back seasons where.
0: Well, and add in some, some further clutter or complications, uh, with this subject matter and some other, it's, it's, there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity for Florida yeah. state to, uh, to step in, to
1: avoid, uh, certainly. So what Mike did is not normal. And uh, we should, it's not normal to go from back to back losing seasons. To all of a sudden win in 10 games. Mm-hmm. that That's not a normal thing that happens. Like, you kind of had a, a bit of a rare event there. That may be what, what Florida needs in, in, in 24 because they it's hard for me to see them really crushing it this year. Now, they could. I mean, I don't want to act like Tennessee based off one good year is unbeatable and who knows what South Carolina is, but uh, they're going to be in some dogfights. So, uh, what else do we have here? I'm going to hold off on any of the junior day stuff until I see who shows up. Also, I have, uh, I'm going to battle Miami and battle, um, uh, not battle, uh, pylon Orlando coming up over the next few weekends. So we'll have a better feel for, you know, some of the young guys emerging and and how they just all stack up physically. It is different. I think to see them in, in in the Under Armour rather than, than pads, just like, you know, how big are their shoulders? You know, like what what do they really look like physically? And I know we'll be talking a lot about that, but uh, the chat is loving this for is, is for a talk. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. chat's had a good time. Uh, yeah, man,
0: this has been a fun show. It's been a fun show. We'll have something for you here, uh, in a week or so, and uh, we'll kind of slide into our off season uh, routine. I don't really know that we'll have a whole lot built around a uh, traditional signing day. So we'll fall fall into this Lead our way up to spring and uh, enjoyed it as always,
1: my man. Oh, uh, last thing for you. And I also enjoyed it. Uh, Pat Tan, you hired him as an on-field coach. So this idea on Twitter that he will not be able to recruit American heritage is just complete. It's that's nonsense. Uh, if you, I, if you hire him as an on-field coach, he can recruit anywhere he wants to. So, Okay hadn't cool. seen that one, but Miami, uh, Miami Twitter lawyers. Oh, not, not okay, okay.
0: okay, Brilliant. Uh, well, that's would explain why I hadn't run across that, but, uh, <laughs> all right, y'all until next time thoroughly enjoyed it as always, uh, Colin, you're right. No off season. How dare I, uh, mutter such a phrase, but until next time, this has been the Noel